So this was the first year that these animal welfare assessments were conducted by the BLM at these BLM holding facilities, which are also called off-range corrals, and which is where these animals go after being rounded up. The assessment reports of these holding facilities in Utah did reveal some issues with biosecurity, handling concerns, and facility design. Good Thursday morning and welcome back to The Daily Buzz. I'm Dayton Olander. Many Utahns are likely aware of the wild horse roundups the Bureau of Land Management conducts around the state. But do you know what happens to the wild horses afterward, or where they're kept? Reporter Anastasia Huffam has been looking into these roundups, and she dug into reports detailing animal welfare assessments completed by the BLM. She was kind enough to join the podcast for a few minutes to talk about what she discovered. So just for a bit of context, um, the Bureau of Land Management, which oversees 245 million acres of land in the U.S. and 23 million acres in Utah, nearly two-thirds of our state, um, has been tasked with managing the wild horse and burrow populations across the West, and these are federally protected animals. Currently, there are more wild horses and burrows on the range than the land can currently support, especially considering that we're experiencing extreme drought throughout much of this region. So to manage the wild horse and burrow populations, the BLM gathers wild horses and burrows in the range and sends them to holding facilities. And at these holding facilities, they await adoption, sale, or to be sent to pasture. Uh, The BLM does its own internal review of the Wild Horse and Burrow Program through what it calls its Comprehensive Animal Welfare Program. And those are the reports that I examine in this article. So this program includes standards for animal welfare for every part of the Wild Horse and Burrow Program, rounding up the animals, the holding facilities, which this story is about, adoption, sale, pasture, etc., So this was the first year that these animal welfare assessments were conducted by the BLM at these BLM holding facilities, which are also called off-range corrals, and which is where these animals go after being rounded up. The assessment reports of these holding facilities in Utah did reveal some issues with biosecurity, handling concerns, and facility design. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, So first, how many holding facilities are there in Utah? There are three main holding facilities in Utah that I'm going to discuss in this article. Um, One is called Axtell Off-Range Corral. Um, Axtell currently has two facilities. There's one facility for wild horses and there's one facility for wild burrows. Um, They each operate under separate contracts. So this facility is on private land and it's owned and operated by a private individual who has a contract with the Bureau of Land Management. The BLM still has oversight, but you know, they, the day-to-day operations are by this private individual. Um, another one of the facilities is called Sutherland Off-Range Corral, um, which is also privately owned. So the same kind of deal um, as Axtell. And then the last one is Delta Wild Horse and Burrow Facility. This is the oldest and smallest facility in the state. And this one is owned and operated by the BLM on public land. Got it. And so how did each one of these different holding centers, how did they score on this BLM assessment? Yeah, so Axtell received an overall animal welfare score of 88%. That was the highest score that the facility, one of the facilities got in the state. Sutherland received an overall score of 87%. And Delta, which is the facility operated by the BLM, received the lowest score of 85%. 
Okay. And you mentioned some of the criteria for, for these scoring earlier um, in our conversation. Can you interpret though what those numbers really mean? Sure. So the BLM has animal welfare standards for a number of things that I kind of mentioned earlier. Facility design, biosecurity, handling, preparation procedures, feed and water, loading and unloading, just to name a few. They're looking for a couple more things as well. Uh, The BLM uh, says that facilities that score between 86 and 95 percent on their animal welfare assessments are excellent. So Axtell and Sutherland qualify as excellent by the BLM's standards. Um, And Delta falls in the slightly lower category of good. Uh, But some criticism that these animal welfare assessments have faced is that these are internal reviews, right? These are BLM people evaluating BLM facilities. The BLM has stated that it will try to start conducting third-party animal welfare assessments as soon as next year, but currently they are internal. And another bit of criticism that I think is really relevant here is that not all of these standards are created equal. We obviously don't want any non-compliance or infractions present at these holding facilities, but for these animal welfare assessments, a broken fence is weighted the same as not vaccinating an animal against equine diseases on the appropriate timeline. And one of those is a little bit more serious than the other. Sure. And, you know, maybe putting aside some of these facility design issues, which you've talked about, um, you know, obviously, again, it seems like they're doing okay right now, but there's obviously room for improvement here as well. Um, was there any common cause that experts identified on why some of these Utah holding facilities aren't quite meeting the, you know, in the upper 90s or even 100% in terms of their uh, assessment scores? Right. Yeah. Great question. One of the biggest concerns um, is biosecurity. Um, So to give you some context on that, there have been two outbreaks of equine disease at wild horse and burrow facilities in other states already this year. There was an outbreak of strangles, which is a bit like, you know, horse strep throat at a BLM operated facility in Wyoming. And on the you know even more serious side, there was an outbreak of equine flu at a Colorado facility that resulted in the deaths of 145 wild horses. So vaccinating wild animals against these diseases, and again, these are wild animals coming straight off the range. They have no immunity, no protection against these illnesses. Vaccinating them is really important. Um, and the animal welfare assessments at all three Utah facilities found that not all animals were even tested for equine infectious anemia, which is another one of these equine diseases um, within a 30-day period. Um, that's the BLM zone standard that they be tested for equine infectious anemia within 30 days. Um, but in, so introducing new horses and burrows that have not been tested to these corrals can increase the risk of outbreak. And another problem that was found was records at all three facilities revealed not all animals had received their six-month respiratory boosters. And these are important because they inoculate horses and burrows against rabies, tetanus, equine flu, and other diseases. And at Axtell, some horses hadn't even received their annual booster in up to 18 months, and they're supposed to get it in six. And that was the highest scoring facility. So those are some of the problems that are kind of the biggest, most cause for concern. Well, that doesn't sound great. Um, Do we know how these scores compare to corrals in other states? We do. So again, this is the first year that the BLM has conducted these assessments. So there aren't a ton of these holding facility animal welfare assessments that have been conducted yet. But of the ones that have been, 
Um, Utah seems to be kind of right in the middle. The highest score I've seen so far was a 97% for a holding facility in Reno, Nevada. Um, the lowest was a 79 at a holding facility in Boise, Idaho. Um, the other scores, you know, there's a few in the 90s, a lot in the 80s. Um, but so Utah is kind of right in the middle of the pack. Okay. And final question, maybe the biggest one, um, is anything going to change based on these findings? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, currently, there is no set timeline for when Utah's facilities will be evaluated next. There's they, they don't have a date, you know, like somebody's coming back in six months. They don't know that. So between now and then, the Utah state lead for the Wild Horse and Burrow program told me, the BLM is going to, you know, look at these reports, look at these problems and try to check off as many things as they can um, to make sure that they're right for the next time that they're assessed. Um, but so essentially from now until eventually when they are officially assessed again, they're kind of conducting their own self-assessments and making some changes based off of these reports. Anastasia's story was published this morning and you can find it at sltrib.com. Anastasia, thanks so much for the time. Thank you again. And that's it for this episode. Make sure to check back in tomorrow for the day's biggest headlines. And thank you to Salt Lake City band, the Pelicans, for our music.